go. Welcome back to another episode of Compelled, a podcast dedicated to talking about the culture of sexual assault and abuse, where we attempt to bring out the bigger issues and what we as a society can do about it. I am Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. All right. And uh, we want you to tell the truth today. So who are we going to talk about today? Who needs to be called out? Well, <laughs> I guess it's not really calling him out because he's already dead, but it's just something talking, you know, to talk about. You know, because this is an important person to talk about, because or um, an important topic to talk about, because this person was covered up for a very long time. The shit that they did, and the people that he was connected with, it makes you wonder, like, how deep does this shit go? So, you know, like to, I mean, how, you know, like, you know, what, what was it? Uh, What's the name of the island? Orgy Island and all that shit. You know, there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's groups, man. There's huge groups of these these powerfully rich people. So, I mean. It's good to talk about this so that it's in your head so that people, you know, are aware of it. You know, the the two people that listen to us. <laughs> huh. Art Bell died. Who? Never mind. Today we're going to talk about Jimmy Saville, or Saville. I don't know how to say his name. He was an English DJ, television, and radio personality who was well known in Britain for his eccentricities and at the time of his death was generally respected for his charitable work. Yeah, he was like the um, the Rip Taylor of uh, Britain. He was knighted in 1990 in September and October of, two, of 2012. Claims were widely publicized that he had committed sexual abuse. His alleged victims ranging from prepubescent girls and boys to adults. There was an interesting um, and very provocative documentary that Joe had sent to me. Uh, what was the name of it? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> it, was, um, it was called The Ninth Circle. It's, uh, I think it was called Jimmy Savile in The Ninth Circle. Correct. God, thank God I remembered that when you called me out because I wasn't ready to fucking answer it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I um I know I sent it to you um a few weeks ago or not like a week or two ago. Oh, aren't you sh- aren't you sad that that Warner Brothers has cut all ties with Brett Ratner? No, isn't that just horrific? I feel so sorry for the guy. Oh. Okay, yeah, it's called yeah Jimmy Savile in the Ninth Circle. It's on YouTube. It's like a forty-five to forty-nine minute documentary. Yes, about him. Um, it's very hard to watch. By uh, yeah. October of 2012, allegations have been made to 13 British police forces, and this led to the setting up of inquiries into the practices at the BBC and within the National Health Service. By October 19, 2012, the Metropolitan Police Service launched a formal criminal investigation, Operation U-Tree, into historic allegations of sexual abuse, child sexual abuse by Seville and other people, some still living, over four decades. If you watch this documentary, it's it's incredible. It's not just Jimmy Savile or however you say his name. I'm just going to call him Seville, Jimmy Seville. It's basically it's an indictment of the entire system. Yeah. Um, it's so intriguing. We're going to have to actually um, do a podcast, a, a review of the podcast at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean a review of the movie? It was. Uh, it stated that it was pursuing over 400 lines of inquiry based on the claims of 200 witnesses via 14 police forces across the UK. It described the alleged abuse as being an on, on an unprecedented scale, and the number of potential victims as staggering. The by December 19th, uh, eight people had been questioned as part of the investigation. The Metropolitan Police stated that the total number of alleged victims was 589 of whom 450 had been allegedly abused by Savile. Um, well, he's dead now, so who gives a shit about alleged? Isn't that <laughs> amazing to think that you could get away with doing that to one child 
and yet he did it to that many, you know, allegedly. But it, it how? I mean, well, I, the, the the question I'm asking is almost completely rhetorical, but still, there's a part of me that that doesn't know the the full answer, and it's. You know, I, I understand that there's people that look the other way. There's, you know, um, people that, that don't think that it's really happening, so they ignore the signs or whatever. They, they have their own, you know, delusions about shit, right? But still, how do you get away with doing that to that many fucking kids and not getting caught? Because you've surrounded yourself with the people that will protect you. Yeah, the enablers, man. Right? The report of the investigations undertaken jointly by the police and the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children, which has done a wonderful job, Giving Victims a Voice was published on uh, January 11, 2013. It reported allegations covering a period of 50 years, 214 alleged acts by Seville, which, though uncorroborated, have been formally recorded as crimes, some involving children as young as eight. The report states, quote, within the recorded crimes there are 126 indecent acts and 34 rape penetration offenses, unquote. Alleged offenses took place at 13 hospitals as well as on BBC premises. In October of 2013, it was announced that inquiries had been extended to other hospitals. On June 26th of 2014, the Secretary of State for Health, Jeremy Hunt, reported on the findings of the investigations led by Kate Lampert. He said that Seville had sexually assaulted victims between the ages of 5 and 75 in NHS hospitals and apologized to the victims. Cares. Further investigations in hospitals and elsewhere led to additional allegations of sexual abuse by Seville. Him apologizing <coughs> isn't done to make the, the the victims feel better. Okay, it's to make himself feel less guilty. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, much of Seville's career involved working with children and young people, including visiting schools and hospital wards. Imagine that. That's like an evil Patch Adams. Yeah, he spent twenty years presenting Top of the Pops for a teenage audience, and an overlapping twenty years presenting Jim will fix it. Yeah, he'll fix it. All right in which he helped the wishes of viewers, mainly children, come true. You're laughing at how absurd this shit is. Yes, I, I am. It's fucking insane. Um, this, yeah, I, that's what I mean by the Jim will fix it thing. It's just yeah. like it's insane that he works with children. His, during his lifetime, two police investigations had looked into reports about Seville, but the earliest known being in 1958, but had not led to charges. <laughs> Jesus. The reports had concluded that there was insufficient evidence for any charges to be brought related to sexual offenses. In October 2012, it was announced that the Director of Public Prosecutions, Keir Starmer, would investigate why proceedings against Seville in 2009 were dropped. The scandal was a major factor leading to the establishment of the wider-ranging independent inquiry into child child sexual abuse. All all these fucking... In my opinion, that man is a mass murderer in, in this regard. You, when you do that to a child, you forever change them. And, it, you know, some can get past it, some can't. Some are suffered through it their whole entire lives, and they're ruined because of it. And so in that regard, he's, he's killed the spirits of a lot of children. And to me, that makes him a mass murderer. He is the worst of the worst. Well, Absolutely. let's see. We're going we're gonna to get into it. <coughs> Seville claimed that the key to his success on Jim Will Fix It had been that he disliked children although he later admitted to saying it to deflect scrutiny of his life. He did not own a computer as he did not want people to think he was downloading child pornography, which means that he had access to it. Yeah. In a 1990 interview, Lynn Barber asked him about the rumors that he liked little girls. Seville said, the young girls in question don't gather around me because of me. It's because I know that people, I know the people they love, the stars. I am of no interest to them. 
Um, in April 2000, he was the subject of an in-depth documentary by Louis Thoreau in, when, in the When Louis Met series. Thoreau asked about the rumors he was a pedophile. Seville said, we live in a funny world and it's easier for me as a single man to say I don't like children because that puts a lot of salacious tabloid people off the hunt. How do they know whether or not I'm a pedophile? How does anybody know whether I am? Nobody knows whether I am or, or not. I know I'm not. Um, the people that you abuse know that you are. Yes. Uh, a follow-up documentary, Louis uh, Thoreau Seville, about Seville and Thoreau's inability to dig more deeply, aired on BBC Two uh, in 2016. Broadcaster and journalist Orla Berry on the Irish radio station News Talk asked him about allegations aired during the Thoreau documentary. When asked about the pedophilia, Seville responded, What rumors? In 2012, Barry expressed surprise that other journalists had not pursued the matter, saying maybe in the U.K. they were slightly closer to him. Uh, in 2007, Seville was interviewed under caution by police in investigating an allegation of indecent assault at the now-closed Duncroft-approved school for girls near Staines in the 70s when he was a regular visitor. Oh, Jesus Christ. There's a pattern. Yeah. There's a fucking pattern. The Crown Prosecution Service advised... There was insufficient evidence to take any further actions, and no charges were brought. In 2012, it was reported that staff at the school had not been questioned about the allegations at the time. The former headmistress of the school said she had been hoodwinked by Seville, but described some of those who had brought the allegations as delinquents. In 2008, Seville started legal proceedings against The Sun, which had linked him in several articles to child abuse at the Jersey Children's Home Hot de la Garina. Hot de la... Garange? Yeah, Garine. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, it's <laughs> it's French. a... Yeah. Uh, the, um, Can you just spell it the way it's fucking pronounced? Yeah. Garine. Hot de la Garine. Um, God damn it. Seville denied visiting visiting that place, but admitted he had had... He had a... Fo- he had after a photographer... He had, but but admitted he had, <laughs> comma, after a photograph was published showing him at the home surrounded by children. The states of Jersey police said an allegation of indecent assault by Seville at the home in the 70s had been investigated in 2008, but there was insufficient evidence. Oh, wow. 40 years later. Yeah. Good job. Well, there's no evidence 40 years later. Well, yeah. And weird. Where did it go? And, and again, you know, <laughs> he had been investigated as far back as 1958. So there's already a record of him being investigated prior to all of this stuff. Um, You know, Seville died at the age of 84 at the time of his death and the funeral in the Leeds Cathedral is widely praised for his charity and voluntary activities as well as his entertainment work. Great. Um, After his death, uh, Marion Jones and Liz McKean from BBC program Newsnight began to investigate reports that he had sexually abused children. They interviewed one victim on camera and talk to a number of others who were willing to be. I'll, I'm not saying alleged victim. I know, I know, I know. You're skipping over that word yeah. um, because, again, the it, it, the person believes that she's a victim, and who, who are we to say that she's not? Yeah, or they are not. <laughs> and talk to a number of others who were willing to be quoted about alleged abuse at Duncroft Proof School near London, the BBC in Stoke Mandeville Hospital. Um, the headmistress of Duncroft was Marion Jones' own aunt, Margaret. The Newsnight team, which included former police detective Mark Williams Thomas, also found out about the Surrey Police investigation into Seville. The report was scheduled for broadcast on December 7th, 
2011, but a decision was taken to cancel its transmission, which ultimately developed into a major crisis when the ITV documentary was screened in 2012, a year, about a year later. So how many was it? You said like like over 500? Yeah, so think almost about, 600. Let's think about that. What if like, just just throwing devil's advocate, what if almost everybody was lying about it, about being abused by him, and only 1% was telling the truth? 1% of that would still be five kids because 10% would be 50. Yeah. Okay, so 1% would still be five kids. Anytime you've heard about anyone who's molested five fucking kids, they're locked away forever because that's fucking, that's too many. One is too many, but you know what I'm saying. Like, like when you see someone that's done it multiple times, five is, is like, what the fuck? And so just imagine how astronomical that number is. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it's unfathomable. It's, un, it, it's like, you can, you can think about it. It's just like the mass of He's the, the universe. He's the world's greatest rapist. It's like the mass of the universe. You can think about it, but you still can't truly fathom it. And I can't truly yeah. fucking fathom that many goddamn kids. Yeah. Well, we've had this argument before. Of, yeah. Can you fathom this? And be like, yeah. I mean, like, you can't fathom, like, a billion dollars. Can you fathom a billion dollars? You can try, but you can't you, fully do it. No, you can't. You know how, I mean, a stack of, a million dollars in a stack is six feet high. Dude, the, That's as tall as we the are. The pile that the Joker burned in the Dark Knight ain't shit compared to a billion dollars. Yeah, a billion dollars is like 20 miles. Yeah, it's it's, it's insane. Yeah. So I love that word. That's a new word for, for me from now on is insane. Everything's insane. The subsequent Pollard review found that Jones and McKean assembled cogent evidence that Seville had a history of abuse young women and Newsnight was in a position to break the story before the uh, the uh, cancellation of the broadcast um, although the ITV documentary was screened in t- October of 2012 no mention of the drop Newsnight report was made in public at the time January and February 2012 several newspapers reported that Newsnight had investigated allegations of sexual abuse immediately after Seville's death but that the report had been shelved. An article by Miles Goslett in the Oldie alleged a cover-up. Uh, excuse me. The BBC showed two Seville tributes over the 2011 Christmas period, and it was alleged that the Newsnight report that had been dropped because its content would have compromised the showing of the tributes. A joint submission to the Levison inquiry from Anna Van Heeswick, um, Jackie Hunt, Heather Harvey, and Marai Larassi. <laughs> was titled Just the Women. Um, let me finish this one okay. real quick. A phrase which is reportedly written by Newsnight editor Peter Rippon in an email to a colleague concerning the lack of authorities that then the alleged victims uh, for evidence of Seville's abuse. A Newsnight spokesman said any suggestion that a story was dropped for anything other than editorial reasons is completely untrue. I want to hit you with a butterfly effect kind of thing real quick when it comes to this. When you damage a child... It creates a butterfly effect of what's going to happen in their lives. Yeah, it perpetuates problems. Right. And, and then you could see, like, you know, there could be possibility where they become, you know, pedophiles themselves and things like that, right? And and then it branches out, right, into, you know, this affects this and that affects that. Now imagine on a grand scale of 500 children, how many of them were affected in a way where it goes into the they negatively affect other people's lives and then it spreads and it spreads. And me- so imagine... If you could, if it was possible to, to 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 scale this, the effect that he has had, Jimmy Savile has had on society of the world society um, from his abuse of that many children. How many negative things have sprung because of him? How many lives have been ruined, destroyed, and forever altered because <laughs> of him? Not including just the five hundred kids that he did that to. 
That is... Well, again, who's to say what lives were ruined or whatever? That's what I mean. I, I you never know, but I'm just saying. I, I can't. I can't put that together. It's ins- that's crazy, isn't it? I mean, look, you, you okay? Children, and it's either male or female. Doesn't matter. But let's just say it's yeah. female for for uh, continuity purposes because it seems like he was more attracted to the female side, right? Uh-huh. And so, and it's not the 600 people wasn't just him. He was about 450 of them. Yeah. Again. Unfathomable. It's, yeah, right? still, yeah. Uh, it, it might as well be a million, right? Yeah. So of of the 450 of them, 5, 5%? Yeah. Let's say 5%. 20 people. Yeah. 25 people. 2250. 22 and a half people are not affected by this because they were able to get the treatment that they needed. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, or like, they were mentally strong enough to be able to fight through it on their yeah, own. Because there are people that can do that. Yeah, again, who knows? Some can, some a lot of can. I'm, I'm not saying that they were able to. I'm just saying, let's say 5%. Yeah. Okay? 5% were able to get the help that they needed to move through this and And, and it didn't move poison forward. the rest of their lives. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? That's, I'm not saying yeah. it did. What I'm saying is they were able to get the help to... To deal with it, yeah. So okay. they didn't like spread spread it, yeah, yeah. And no, no, that no, we can't say that. Just to get the help to deal with what he did. Mm-hmm. That's not saying that they didn't continue their abusive practices, like you know, when they were younger and seeking out. Oh well, now I've got to do this, right? Yeah. Blah blah blah. Well. When it comes right down to that stuff, I mean, again, that's 5%, so 20 people. And yeah. again, another 5%, that's what? One? Yeah. One person? One, maybe one person out of 500 was able to effectively deal with that? Yeah. Maybe. 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 So now, okay, so that butterfly effect of 400... What, how, 480 what you, or 479 let's or say whatever. 500. Let's say 500. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, how, what is the average person uh, a woman sleeps with? Five? I don't know. I, I forgot about those stats, so I, I don't know. Let's say ten. Yeah, but for, what if you're emotionally needy? Doesn't matter. The average person mm-hmm. sleeps. The, the average woman sleeps with like five or ten people. I'm just going to round it up to ten. It doesn't really matter what the number is. <laughs> ten is just easy to. If I was with. a woman, it'd be a lot more. So a woman sleeps in in in, in the the argument for this case is the average woman effect. Yeah. There we go. Uh, all I want to do, uh, seven? Looks like seven. Mm-hmm. How many women have you been with, Mike? I don't know. 7.6. Mm-hmm. So seven. Okay, seven times 50. Yeah, so 350. 350. Yeah. I'm sorry, seven times 500 is 3,500. Mm-hmm. All right, so there are at least 3,500 people out there. Mm-hmm. That have been indirectly affected by Jimmy Seville. Yeah. 3,500 people. Now, let's amp that up because the, they are now damaged people. Yeah. Okay. And let's say it's double that. What's 7, 20? 000. What? No, no, no. What? 20 partners. Okay. 20 times 500. Oh, that would be uh, 10,000. Okay. So you have 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. Up to 10,000 people yeah. that have been affected by Jimmy Seville. Yeah. Just Jimmy Seville alone. Yeah. In this whole thing. Okay. 
Now I'm amping it. I'm you know now we have a, a number between thirty five hundred and ten thousand. So let's add those two together: thirteen thousand five hundred, and divide by two. Okay, so seventy. Uh, or I'm not sorry, sixty. Uh, you said thirty five hundred. Yeah, uh, that'd be sixty seven. So almost sixty seven fifty. Almost seven thousand people. Yeah, which we should have just doubled the number, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So about seven thousand people have been indirectly. This is just now we're we're doing. We're, so yeah, it's on theory. We're we're, sti- we're 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 making a statistic out of yeah. it. Yeah, so about seven thousand people have been negatively affected. Have been affected by Jimmy Seville, yeah. directly or indirectly. Yeah, and if they had children, damn. Just keeps going, doesn't it? Spreads like mushrooms on a hillside. Average per average couple has two children. Yeah. So take the average of 500, which is 250. Mm-hmm. That's another 500 people. That's now 750. Yeah. Plus the 70, plus the 7,000. Yeah. And it can, and look at, and, the, and what about the, um, what about um, the next generation repeating it? Exactly. Next generation repeating it. And so on and so forth, and you know, just and, like racism or anything else, right? And they're all directly affected by the victim that was affected by Jimmy Seville. So yeah. indirectly affected, whether it was physical, mental abuse, yeah, doesn't matter. They are still directly ineffected yeah. until it gets washed out of the system. Now, that's an unfathomable, unfathomable amount of people. Yeah. Uh, several women interviewed said that as teenagers, they had been sexually abused by Seville. It is also said that Seville obtained access to teenage girls through television programs such as Top of the Pops and Clunk Click and his charity work. Hey, Jared. Seville's former colleague said he made no attempts to hide his interest in girls from them, while another said she had walked in on him French kissing an underage girl. One woman who, had, who said Seville had sexually assaulted her when she was 14 in 1970 explained she had not pursued her complaint to police in 2008 after being told it would lead to a media circus. Uh, the founder of Childline, Esther Ranson, was shown the interview by William Thomas and commented that there were always rumors that he behaved very inappropriately sexually with children. An update to the original documentary, uh, Exposure Update, was shown on ITV on the 21st of November and won a Peabody in 2012. (laughs) Uh, Newspaper reports claimed Douglas Muggeridge, controller of Radio 1 in the early 70s, was aware of the allegations against Seville and asked for a report in 1973. Derek Chinnery, controller of Radio 1 from 78 to 85, recalled an occasion when he confronted Seville, saying, I asked, what all, what's all this? These rumors we hear about you, Jimmy. And he said, that's all nonsense. There is no reason to disbelieve. Uh, Michael Gray told Channel 4 News that during his time at BBC, he had fleetingly heard rumors about Seville, but described claims of a cover-up as ludicrous. Uh, BBC said no evidence of allegations of misconduct or actual misconduct by Seville had been found in its files and denied there had been a cover-up of his activities. Because of this, it might be in here, but um, (coughs) eventually when you get down to it, but because of this, this is how Gary Glitter got caught. Yes. Because it started opening up people's eyes and they started finding out more shit. Yeah. Once once, uh, the rabbit hole has been dug into exposed <laughs> it's fucking difficult yeah once you go down the rabbit hole what do you find yeah, you ain't gonna like what you're gonna see but you're gonna see it yes uh on october 8th the director general of bbc george entwistle apologized for what happened and said further internal investigations would take place the chairman of the bbc trust lord Patton, 
said the investigation would be set up as soon as police inquiries had been completed and would be chaired by a figure from outside the BBC as a result of the shelving of the Newsnight investigation into Seville's activities. There were complaints on Newswatch. Um, October 11, 2012, the Director General asked BBC Scotland Director Ken McQuarrie to look into staff concerns over the dropping of the item. He announced a review of BBC policy on child protection and an inquiry into its cultures and practices focusing on the year's civil work there. Uh, BBC was criticized in Parliament after its handling of the affair. Harriet Harman said, The allegations cast a stain on the corporation. The culture secretary, Maria Miller, said she was satisfied the BBC was taking allegations seriously and dismissed calls for an independent inquiry. Labor leader Ed Miliband said an independent inquiry was the only way to ensure justice for those involved. George Whistle offered to appear before the Parliamentary Culture Media and Sport Committee. Jesus, there's a lot of committees. (laughs) <laughs> to explain the BBC's positions and actions. On October 16th, the BBC appointed heads of two inquiries. Do I have to read all this shit? Former High Court Judge Dame Janet Smith. I don't Janet, think you need to read every detail of it. Janet, who led the inquiry into serial killer Harold Shipman, was to review the culture and practices. Okay, we got all that. Um, Look at that. Go down to Gambus. You know, claim the Seville Bribe Police. Uh, Paul Gambaccini who worked next door to Seville's office at BBC Radio 1, said he was aware of rumors of Seville being a necrophile and stated, really? Wow. Yeah. That just goes deep, doesn't it? Uh, the expression which I came to associate with Seville's sex partner was the now politically incorrect underage subnormals. He fuck? targeted the institutionalized, the hospitalized, and this was known. Why did Jimmy Seville go to hospitals? That's where the patients are. Yeah. <laughs> kind of hard to run away when you're strapped to a gurney, huh? Yeah. Or when you're dead. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to point something out that while we were going through this whole thing, something popped up while I was going through Wikipedia. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a funny way. I mean, literally, something came to my attention. Okay. Jonathan King is an English singer, songwriter, record producer, music entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and former television and radio presenter. He first came to prominence, and I'm only going to read a little bit of this. First came to prominence in 1965 when Everyone's Gone to the Moon, a song which he wrote and sang while he was still an undergraduate, had chart success in Britain and the United States. <laughs> um, it was reported in 2002 that he sold 40 million records in his career. As an independent producer, he discovered and named Genesis and produced their first album from Genesis to Revelation. He founded his own label, UK Records, in 72. He released and produced songs for 10CC and the Bay City Rollers. In the 70s, King became known for hits that he performed and produced under different names, including Johnny Reggae, Loop to Love, Hooked on a Feeling, and Una Paloma Blanca. Uh, between September 71 and 72, he produced 10 of top 30 singles in the UK. Rod Little described him as someone who could storm the pop charts at will under 100 different disguises. While living in New York in the 80s, he continued to appear on radio and television, including on the BBC's Top of the Pops and Entertainment USA. In the 90s, he produced the Brit Awards, and from 95, he selected and produced the British entries for the Eurovision Song Contest, including the winning entry in 1997, Love Shine a Light by Katrina and the Waves. In In 2001, King was convicted of child sexual abuse and sentenced to seven years for having sexually assaulted five boys in the 80s. In 2001, he was acquitted of 22 similar charges. 
He was released on parole in March 2005. In May 2017, he was charged with historic sexual offenses. Acquitted of 22. How do you get 22 fucking charges? There is no evidence. I I know. I just. I wanted to break that up. Or he had a really good attorney. No, yeah. Yeah. Now, Johnny Cochran, dude. Johnny Cochran, man. I, I'm bringing that up on purpose yeah. because he is one of the many in the music industry yeah. that he's been caught. Yeah. Now, think about that. He's just one of the ones that got caught. And Joe Rogan talked about this on his podcast mm-hmm. where he mentioned a big wig in the music industry that is still working. And I have heard rumor it's the, the guy that runs Capitol Records. Okay. That's fucking dangerous. Yeah. Now, I can't say whether or not it is because I don't know. But that's a rumor that I heard. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and I can't remember where I heard that. It, just floating around, ro- rolling through shit that Rogan was talking about on the internet, you know, and you see all these rumors. But I can't tell you. I, you know, it, it could be anybody, anybody. Yeah. But that's the rumor that I heard. And, again, it's an allegation mm-hmm. that I can't stand behind because... I don't know. Yeah. Um, this is, yeah, hearsay. Yeah, it's it's absolute hearsay. <laughs> and we're a small podcast, so it really doesn't matter. Um, hey, you know what, man? If that if that really is happening, burn it fucking down, man. Gambaccini claimed that Seville bribed the police Sir Roger Jones, former chairman of Children in Need, the BBC's annual charity fundraising event to support disadvantaged children and young people, said Seville had been barred from involvement because of rumors about an inappropriate interest in young girls. Seville had appeared on the telephone in 84, 87, and 89 before Jones became chairman. The report by Nick Pollard into the BBC's handling of the affair was published on December 19, 2012. It concluded that the decision to drop the... What are you doing? Nothing. Stop picking at yourself. Oh, no, I had like a blackhead on my uh, arm, and then I, it like became a, like a mini blood bubble when I squeezed it. However, uh, it criticized George <laughs> with... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the original Newsnight report on the allegations against Seville in 2011 was flawed, but that it had not been done to protect the Seville tribute programs. However, it criticized George and Whistle for apparently failing to read emails warning of Seville's dark side, and that after the allegations against Seville eventually became public, the BBC fell into the level of chaos and confusion that was even greater than was apparent at the time. The BBC announced that Newsnight editor Peter Rippon and deputy editor Liz Gibbons would be replaced. Transcripts of evidence to the Pollard Inquiry, together with emails and other submissions, were published February 22, 2013. Marion Jones, who broke the news, was terminated from the BBC in February of 2015. Liz McKean, the reporter from the BBC program Newsnight, was also involved in the initial report, left the BBC in 2013, and stated, When the Seville scandal broke, the BBC tried to smear my reputation. Tom Giles, or Tom Giles, the editor of Panorama that aired the investigation on Seville is now in an administrative position at BBC. Clive Edwards, who was commissioning editor um, for Current Affairs, oversaw the documentary, was decommissioned. There's a lot of fallout. Wow. Um, In November 2012, Dame Janet Smith called for evidence from people who were subject of inappropriate sexual conduct by Seville on BBC premises or on location for the BBC. People who knew of or suspected such conduct, anyone who raised concerns about Seville's conduct within the BBC, people who worked for or with Seville on programs at the BBC between 64 and 2007, or who were familiar with the culture of practices of the BBC during that time insofar as they may have been relevant to preventing or enabling the sexual abuse of children, young people, or teenagers. 
People who held senior positions at the BBC may have relevant information. By December 2012, the reviews team had been contacted by 290 individuals or more, including many former or current BBC employees. May 2015, it was announced that the review report was finished, but it could not be published as it might prejudice ongoing police investigations. The review was published February 25th, 2016, totaled 700 pages, found Seville had sexually abused 72 people and raped eight, including an eight-year-old at virtually every one of the BBC premises at which he worked. Smith stated some BBC staff members were aware of complaints, but did not pass the information to senior management due to the culture of not complaining. (coughs) She's described an atmosphere of fear still existing at the BBC and that some of those interviewed for the inquiry did so only after being assured their names would not be published as a feared reprisal. A separate report into into the offending of the Stuart Hall was released that same day. Uh... James Stewart Hall is a former English radio, former radio and television presenter. He presented regional news programs, blah, 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 blah. Um, following the broadcast of the ITV documentary, many people came forward to make allegations about Seville's conduct towards young people. Some abuse, has, some abuse was said to have taken place on BBC premises. It was claimed that Seville had abused at least one boy as well as numerous girls. Do you remember that episode of Rick and Morty where, where, where Morty gets caught in the bathroom? By the by, the pervert. Yeah, yeah. He's like the mayor yeah, of the, the the king. Yeah, and then then he gets killed by Rick at the end of the episode. Right, and then they they and then the people that that were like throwing up the monument for him, they found out the truth about him, and they're like, well, wait a minute, everyone still thinks that he's this great guy, and if everyone finds out, it's gonna like just destroy everybody, right? Right. So they just decided to feed into the lie because yeah, he, destroy the evidence. Don't yeah. let anybody know because. Yeah, because he can't hurt anybody else anymore, right? Well, no, it wasn't that. It was you need to perpetuate the idea that he was a great person yeah. and that these people feel pride in this. Yeah, and it's just, uh, you know, was it like uh, let the truth, or what was it? Uh, let the truth be told, though the heavens fall, right, kind of thing. Right. It's, you know, it's, that's what it reminds me of Jimmy Savile is that he was he was adored by the nation, you know, and and... All this shit's coming out. I mean, the majority of the shit's coming out after he died. You know, it's damn. I imagine how many people don't even like. I wonder how many people are actually vehemently against all these allegations because they don't want to believe. Just like Cosby fans or whatever. You know. Well, at least two hundred ninety of them aren't. Yeah, but yeah, just when you're you know told for so long that this person is you know a national treasure, and then you find out this about them, there ain't no going back. No. Uh, claims were made about Seville's activities in hospitals. It was claimed that he sexually abused a 13-year-old patient during a visit to Stoke Mandeville Hospital in 71 and an 8-year-old girl in the same hospital recovering from an operation. Staff reported he searched the wards for young patients to abuse, and they instructed patients in the children's ward to feign sleep during his visits. A hospital spokesman said, though it was working with the police, it had no record of inappropriate behavior by Seville. The BBC carries statements from a retired detective inspector of the local police force that a nurse at Stoke Mandeville had reported Seville's abuse of patients there to him in the 70s, and he had repeatedly informed his superiors about this, but they did not believe him. That is more terrifying than most horror movies, you know, where there's like a killer stalking like a, a mental institution or something. This is this is way more terrifying. Him just going to hospitals and and just lingering around and taking advantage of, of injured children and shit. This is, I mean, it, 
It didn't get much worse than that, man. It no. really doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> a former nurse said she saw Seville molest a brain-damaged patient. He kissed her, and I thought he was a visitor coming to see her, and he started rubbing his hands down her arms, and I don't know of a nice way to put it, but he molested her. Seville was a volunteer at the Adult High Security Psychiatric Broadmoor Hospital, and in August 88 was appointed to chair an interim task force overseeing the management of the hospital <coughs> after the management board had been suspended. It is alleged that Seville had hospital keys and access to patients' rooms. In a separate allegation, a lawyer said a client had been abused by Seville when he was a 10-year-old at the Hot de la Garn yeah. Green now, uh, Children's Home in, New- in Jersey. In that documentary, The, the Ninth Gate, um, there was uh, people, the guy who ran that place, he said that he did not have keys, right? But then they showed footage of, of Savile walking out of the place, and he had a huge stack of keys like a janitor. Right. Just dangling from his, from his uh, waistband. Yeah. Well, he never had keys. Oh. And he's, oh, and, uh, by the way. I didn't way, see that. Yeah, and Savile's walking out looking like the happiest fucking guy on the planet. Yeah. That's creepier than shit. Just that guy's just covering his own ass. Just fucking disgusting. Covering um, his ass. Yeah. Uh, um, well, we didn't give him any keys. That would be against policy. We didn't do nothing. Uh, Julie Fernandez, who later appeared in BBC television programs El Dorado in The Office, was invited to a BBC studio to appear on Jim Will Fix It. She recalled her experience in a radio interview. I was in my wheelchair, but I remember Seville's hands being everywhere and just lingering, lingering those two, three, four seconds, slightly too long in places they shouldn't. It was in a busy room full of people in a studio, so it was quite discreetly done. And if you don't kind of realize what's happening at the time, especially when you're 14 and it's the first time you've ever been in a studio and you're excited, but I do remember feeling uncomfortable and he had these huge rings on his fingers. <laughs> Singer Colleen Nolan said Seville invited her to a hotel when she was 14 and had been involved in a TV recording at the Top of the Pops. And it made her uncomfortable, but you didn't talk about those things then. Seville's great-niece Caroline Robinson said she had been sexually abused by him twice at family gatherings. Jesus Christ. Uh, She believes some people, uh, some members of the family knew about this abuse, but had turned a blind eye to it. You know, the, don't, don't. It didn't really happen if you you didn't think about it, right? Don't leave the kids with weird uncle (laughs) Uncle, Philbert. Yeah, take you down to Uncle Touchy's naked puzzle basement. Yeah. Yeah, Make right. sure there's someone with that person at all times. Uh, the British Prime Minister, David Cameron, said that he was truly shocked by the published allegations, which should be properly investigated. The Jimmy Seville Charitable Trust stated that it was considering giving funds to those working with victims of sexual abuse. Then it may change its name because of the allegations. Uh, the trust later announced that it would close. His fucking family knew about it. As part of the investigations, inquiries will be made into allegations of abuse when Seville worked as a volunteer at Leeds General Infirmary. So they closed the trust instead of changing the name because eventually the name would just get out and it would be attributed to Jimmy Seville anyways. And, you know, they're just going to reopen the trust anyways into a different name. Yeah. And they're just going to continue on with this idea that Jimmy Seville was this wonderful person. In October 2012, it was reported that the Sunday Mirror had decided not to publish allegations of sexual abuse at a children's home by two women against Seville. Paul Kanu said that, at the, who was the newspaper's editor, when the report, when the women came forward in 1994, described the allegations as credible and convincing, but said that lawyers had advised against publication. In 2013, Kanu said that he believed that the newspaper would have lost a libel action over the allegations as the two women who had been pupils at Duncroft Approved School, again, a school that had been previously visited by him, did not want to be named. He also expressed concern that a jury would have been starstruck. 
In November 2014, the Health Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, announced that the inquiry had been widened with a number of NHS organizations investigating allegations of abuse by Seville extended to 41. Uh, Operation U-Tree. Um, by October 9th, the Metropolitan Police had formally recorded eight allegations against Seville, but announced that it was following up 120 lines of inquiry, addressing up to 25 alleged victims of abuse, many mainly girls between 13 and 16. These covered a period spanning four decades from 59 until the 80s and were on a national scale. An inquiry process known as Operation Utree was set up jointly with the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children and involving other organizations, including the BBC and ITV. Commander Pete Spindler, head of the Special Crimes Investigation Unit, said, at this stage, it is quite clear from what women are telling us that Seville was a predatory sex offender. By October of by October 19th, the Metropolitan Police launched a formal criminal investigation. Uh, it was pursuing over 400 separate lines of inquiry based on evidence of 200 witnesses via 14 police forces. <coughs> uh Quote, we are dealing with an alleged abuse on an unprecedented scale. The profile of this operation has empowered a staggering number of victims to come forward to report the sexual exploitation, which occurred during their childhood. John Cameron said that Seville was a well-organized, prolific sex offender who used, used his power, his authority, his influence to procure children and offend against them. And even though Seville is gone, yeah. think about other people in the media. Mm-hmm. And then go from there. <laughs> October 25th, this is six days later, the number of possible victims was fast approaching 300. It was also reported that the police were looking at allegations that three doctors in hospitals had been associated with, that were associated with Seville had been involved in, in the abuse of young people in their care. Hmm. By December 19th, eight people had been arrested and later bailed as part of the inquiry. These include former pop star Gary Glitter, which yep. we've talked about, comedian Freddie Starr. Uh, Freddie Starr is a comedian, impressionist, singer, and actor, was the lead singer of Mersey Beat Pop Group, the Midnighters, during the early 60s, and came to prominence uh, in the 70s after appearing on Opportunity Knox and the Royal Variety Performance. Former BBC producers Wilf- Wilfred Death, Wil- Wilfred Death, <laughs> <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. And Ted Beston. Uh, D- DJ David Lee Travis um, is an English disc jockey, radio presenter, and uh, entertainer. Publicist Max Clifford. He um, represented a mixed range of clients and was often considered a controversial figure due to his representation of unpopular clients and his work for people wishing to sell kiss and tell stories to tabloid news. Rolf Harris. These are all people that um, have been questioned, by the way. Yeah. Australian entertainer who works primarily as a musician, singer, songwriter, composer, comedian, actor, painter, and television personality. <laughs> and an unnamed man in the 60s. Travis stated that his arrest had been connected with matters not linked to children. Clifford denied what he termed the damaging and totally untrue allegations. Um in early 2013, Jim Davidson and two unnamed men were arrested as part of the inquiry, bringing the total to 11. Uh, James Cameron Davidson is an English comedian and presenter. Um, he hosted the Big Break and the Generation Game and was in um, uh, developing adult pantomime shows such as Boobs in the Woods and Cinderella. <coughs> um, Deeth was later told that, or death, let's just call it that, 
or Diath, was later told that he would not face any charges and said that police uh, action had been overzealous. In 2013, it was reported that Ted Beston would not face prosecution due to insufficient evidence. <sighs> During Operation Utree, Commander Pete Spindler has said that a total of 589 alleged victims of abuse had come forward, of whom 450 were abused by Seville. Of the alleged victims, 82% were female, 80% were children. There were 31 allegations of rape across seven police force areas. Commander Spindler said Seville's offending peaked in the 70s, and what we will be showing is how he used his position in society to get his gratification. Yeah. The operation has involved 30 police officers, and it's cost so far about 2 million pounds, or about $4 million American. On 11 January 2013... A report into allegations of sexual abuse made against Jimmy Seville under Operation Utree by the... Um, among... Okay, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> the conclusion was it's clear that Seville was hiding in plain sight and using his celebrity status and fundraising activity to gain uncontrolled access to vulnerable people across six decades. For a variety of reasons, the vast majority of his victims did not feel they could speak out, and it's apparent that some of the smaller number who did had their accounts dismissed by those in authority, including parents and carers. The document was given wide publicity throughout the media. <laughs> the Daily Telegraph reported that he had, um, I'm sorry, journalist Charles Moore wrote in the Daily Telegraph that he had read the report and did not reveal the extent of abuse. As the BBC website had stated in the lead headline, Jimmy Seville scandal report reveals extent of abuse. Okay, great. <laughs> he, he remarked that there was no evidence in the report which a court would recognize. Instead, it assumed that because uncorroborated allegations had been made, the offenses were committed, and treating allegations as facts, it declared that 214 incidences had now been formally recorded as crimes. Moore commented that by doing so, the report undermined justice. Jonathan Brown, writing in The Independent, said that the report revealed a man who used his celebrity status and outwardly well-intended works to gain access to and ultimately rape and sexually exploit hundreds of vulnerable young starstruck victims. So John, so Charles Moore basically just went, ah, this is bullshit, you're all bullshit. Mm -hmm. And the other guy went, Jesus Christ, this guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, in March of 2013, it was, of the report, 214 complaints that had been made against the Ville after his death would have been turned into criminal offenses if they had been reported at the time. 16 persons reported being raped under the age of 16, and four of those were under the age of 10. 13 others reported serious sexual abuse, including four under 10-year-olds. Another 10 reported being raped by Seville while over the age of 16. DJ and friends of, of Seville, Ray Terrett, was found guilty of seven rapes and 11 indecent assaults in 2014, while Tourette, or Terre was cleared of aiding and abetting Seville to rape a 15-year-old. He was found guilty of raping the same complainant. An attorney for 169 of Seville's alleged victims stated that Therese, or Tourette's guilty verdicts represent the closest the victims of Jimmy Seville will get to a conviction, conviction against the attacker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so basically, I mean, there's a guy that was associated, he was a friend, and he's been known to help, and he was found guilty. So, yeah. I mean, look, if, if, if friend A and friend B go to a hospital to rape people. Yeah. And friend A only helps by holding them down. Yeah. Is friend A guilty? Fucking A is an accessory. Absolutely. So so um, he was found guilty of seven of the rapes and 11 indecent assaults. Okay, so 
if Tare is guilty of doing that stuff, would you not think that Seville is guilty of that just by association? Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's the same thing like if you rob a bank and you're only the driver and they murder <laughs> people in the bank. You you get charged with murder as well. Right, even though you're not. But this guy did it. Let's yeah. say you, you went... Let's say you didn't want to murder anybody yeah. in the bank, right? Yeah. And you're there, and you hold down the person. Yeah. Or you commit a murder in and of yourself, yeah. right? It doesn't matter, but either way, if you are an accessory, you are an accessory. Yeah. The driver thing is... Well, I mean, that, that that's where you turn state's evidence kind of position. Yeah, front, right? I, I, didn't fucking, okay. I, I didn't fucking rape Eddie or I was there just anybody. to rob the place, not to fucking kill anybody. I'm just a driver. But yeah, I mean, I, I, w- I was Ubering. <laughs> yeah, but if you're doing, if you're doing like like Buck from Kill Bill, right? Yeah, then you got no way out of this shit. If you're doing Buck, and then he brings the <laughs> guy, yeah. right? You bring that guy in. Um, there's no way that either one of them are getting out of it on their own. They're both guilty as fuck. It doesn't matter who did what, who did what. They're both there. They're aware of it. They're doing it one yeah. way or another. You're you're gone. Yeah, and even then, you know, you know, Buck did his own did it as well. Yeah. Um. God, dude, the way that I'm not going to say it, but the way that he describes what he can do to the bride to Beatrix, you know, when he says, "Okay, you can do this, you can do that," and the guy's all, <laughs> just it was so he just says it so casually, like it's just a normal thing. He does it all the time. It was so off putting. And so disgusting that because it, it adds to the justification of her fucking them up beyond recognition when she finally gets out of the bed, right? But it's just, uh, goddamn, Tarantino can write some shit, man. So, uh, in November 2013, shortly after uh, Keir Starmer had left the position of director of public Persecu- prosecutions, he called for mandatory reporting, which would compel. All professions, teachers, doctors, and social workers, to report suspicions of child abuse or face legal consequences in light of the scandal. Um, a report entitled Mistakes Were Made, HMIC's Review into Allegations and Intelligence Material Concerning Jimmy Seville Between 64 and 2012 was published, which included material showing that police have received intelligence about Seville's sexual conduct dating, dating back to um, 1963. Um... This shit just goes on and on, dude. Yeah, it's... I mean, we're only halfway fucking done. Yeah, this should be... I mean... <sighs> oh, my God. Here we go. Uh, this is like... This th- This should be done in parts. Oh, my God. It's so huge. You know, and I, I, I'm I, just... I'm flabbergasted at how massive this thing is. We'll, we'll do one more here. Uh, findings. The result of the investigations were made public... On June 26, 2014, the report concluded that Seville sexually assaulted victims in NHS hospitals over several decades. At Leeds General Infirmary, infirmary, 60 people, both staff and patients, stated they had been abused by Seville with ages ranging from 5 to 75. Damn. It reported a number of organizational failures which had allowed him to continue on challenge. Hunt apologizes, apologized to the victim of the assaults, said that the findings will shake our country to the core. Maybe it needs to be shaken to the core so that you do things, you know, to, to, to help prevent this from happening again. It was reported that Seville had boasted to nurses and other staff that he performed sex acts on the bodies of recently deceased persons in the mortuary and claimed to have removed glass eyes from corpses and made them into rings. The report says, We have no way of proving Seville's claims that he interfered with the bodies of the deceased patients in the mortuary in this way, but that Seville did have unsupervised access to the mortuary. A separate report on Seville's activities prepared by an independent investigator um, found that he had sexually abused more than 50 people there. 
uh, Stoke Mandeville Hospital, including staff, patients, and visitors. One was an eight-year-old child. Seville had full access to all parts of the hospital. The report stated that it was widely known at the hospital that Seville was a sex pest and that 10 complaints had been made at the time, but no action was taken. Wait, 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 wait. Sex pest. Is that like, oh, hey, hey, keep Jimmy away from there. Jimmy, no Jimmy. Get out of here, Jimmy. Seville, is, that, is that the mentality there? Seville was a highly unusual personality whose lifestyle, behavior, and offending patterns were equally unusual. As a result of his celebrity, his volunteering, and his fundraising, he had exceptional access to a number of NHS hospitals and took the opportunities that that access gave him to abuse patients, staff, and others on a remarkable scale. Seville's celebrity and his roles as a volunteer and fundraiser also gave him power and influence, which meant that his behavior, which was often evidently inappropriate, was not challenged as it should have been. Seville's ability to continue to pursue his activities without effective challenge was aided by fragmented hospital management arrangements, social attitudes of the times, including reticence in reporting and accepting reports of sexual harassment and abuse, and greater deference than today towards those in positions of influence and power and less bold and intrusive media reporting. While it might be tempting to dismiss the Seville case as wholly exceptional, a unique result of a perfect storm of circumstances, the evidence we have gathered indicates that there are many elements of the Seville story that could be repeated in the future. There is always a risk of the abuse, including sexual abuse of people in hospitals. There will always be people who seek to gain undue influence and power within public institutions, including in hospitals, and society and individuals continue to have weakness for celebrities. Okay, this isn't just some pervert janitor. You know, this is this is a guy that was around for decades that shook hands with everybody and just spread it all over the place, man. I, imagine all the people that, that just helped keep this covered up for this long. It's like, oh, he's dead now, so now we can start talking about it. You know, like, oh, you know, we won't get Jimmy Savile mad at us or the Queen mad at us, right? Let's just fucking... He paid people off to keep people quiet. Yeah, but he just noticed that finally the man has to fucking die before... They finally start talking about it, they, right? Because he has because he was powerful. Yeah, I I I know. I'm just calling. I'm just calling out the bullshit, man. It's yeah, all but bullshit. You, again, you, it's one thing. It's one thing to say call out the bullshit. It's the other thing to call out reality, which is the guy could fucking have you done in. Yeah, and nobody's going to listen to you because it's Jimmy Seville. Yeah, I know that. That's or what's Savile. scary about all this is that's how much power he had. Yeah, you know. And then, and, and, and he turned people into cowards. Yeah. And, well, I don't think he turned people into cowards. It's just that they just dismissed it. That's, it, it, you know, yeah, that's yeah. not turning people into a coward. How many people that, that could have said something or done something didn't do it because they were afraid? That's called being coward, cowardice. That's not being, that's not being a coward. Just because you're afraid doesn't mean you're a coward. If you have the ability to act on something that you know is wrong and you don't do it because you're afraid, that makes you a coward. Does it? Yes. Does it? Yes. No, I disagree. It doesn't make you a coward. Now, if you don't do it because of fear for a loved one, because of certain kinds of repercussions, okay, I can see it. I can understand it. But in a way, you're still a coward. You're just an understandable coward. Okay. Do me a favor for the sake of our relationship when we do this. Try not to, when I use a word, try to correct me with definitions and things like that. Because you're using it to depict people, and you're, I think you're using it wrong. And so I can correct you. They're not cowards. It's not, it's not cowardly to, to 
say, I don't think that it, if we go after Jimmy Seville that we're going to get anything out of this because nobody's going to listen to us. That's not cowardly. In fact, he used lawyers to shut down half of this shit. Mm-hmm. And then he threatened a lot of people, like literally threatened them. Yeah. We already talked about that. That's not cowardly. That's understanding your options. That's not being afraid. People have come forward. People came forward for decades and said, this motherfucker is a vile, vile, vile yeah. piece of garbage. And not one person, the BBC did nothing. Everybody that he's worked with or worked for yeah. did nothing. So, yeah, is the BBC cowardly? Yes. But are, are the individuals, the people that w- were, were affected by this, cowards? No. No, I, look, there's people that spoke up about it. Then No. I'm talking about someone that had, that's in a position that could actually make change with this by speaking up. Correct. That's the, those are the ones I'm calling cowards. But those, there are some people that didn't do that. And they, nobody listened to them. But they, yeah, then they weren't able to affect the change. I'm someone in a more powerful position. Dude, there was a fucking cop that said, this guy needs to go away. Yeah. And he held on to the evidence for 20 years and kept at it. Yeah. And said, "This guy needs to go away." And nobody listened to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's not a. Ca- I, I don't. I, I wouldn't. You know, he wouldn't be in that category. Yeah, and, and I know what yeah. you're saying, but what I'm saying is, is that it doesn't matter. It didn't matter what anybody did. Mm-hmm. He un- was too. He was too powerful for anything un- until until he died, and yeah. then all of a sudden, now they can affect change. Yeah, it's just like, well, why didn't you guys come forward? So we've been coming forward since in the fucking 1958. Yeah. Now that no, now you can Now that you don't have to be afraid of him anymore. Yeah. Now all of a sudden that 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 just pisses me off. Sixty years. We've been we've been saying something for sixty goddamn years about this. And, and I'm saying sixty the, years now, but yeah. you know, fifty years, uh, fifty four years yeah. up until he died in 2012 or 2011. So yeah. yeah so all the people, 50 plus years. all the higher ups that that protected him for all this time, they need to be called out. Yeah, fifty fucking plus years. And they had a handful of people, and and then these handful of people said, "Well, uh, I didn't do anything. Yeah. I didn't do anything, you yeah. know." And they're just as guilty as everybody else in this mm-hmm. whole fucking thing because they were associated with Seville. They knew what he was doing, and in some cases, helped him. Yeah, and that includes hospitals. That includes the you know administrative people at hospitals, yeah. people at the BBC. His close his um. His uh, well, um, personal assistants. Yeah, agents. Agents, all these people. You can't just fucking do this without anybody noticing. No. People notice shit like this. There are people that have heads on a swivel. Yeah. I'm one of them. You're one of them. Imagine how fucking <laughs> creepy that is to be able to gallivant around a hospital where children are suffering from something, and then he's just able to just do whatever he wants. He has carte blanche, man. Just how, to- how creepy is it to be able to do what you want Whenever you want to whoever you want. Yeah. At any time. And not feel any remorse. Remorse for that. You know? And I, and there are people out there that do that right now. Yeah. Yeah. It they're happens all they're the time. doing it right now. Every day. All the time. It happens. You and, know? And it doesn't the, the people like Jimmy Seville or Savile, I I'm just like I said, Seville. So vile. Jimmy So Vile. So vile. Uh I, I don't understand why people continually let him, oh, it's Jimmy Seville. Yeah. Uh, here are the keys. Go go do what you need to do. Yeah. And then he goes and fucking makes his own copies of the keys, you know? Yeah. And then someone says, and then and then they, they do a report on it, 
Oh, we never gave Jimmy any keys, blah, blah, blah. And there he is with a fucking keychain yeah. full of keys dangling from his waist. Yep. And you're like, uh, uh. Yeah. It's like, mind your fucking business. Go back to work. Yeah, you Shut your mouth. You, you don't know shit, do you? Yeah. Keep your mouth shut or you'll be fucking mopping floors in, in uh, Siberia or some shit, right? No. <laughs> Dude should be fucking put away. No, no. I'm saying that if anyone sees things and they, that work there and they speak up, the higher management just says, shut your fucking mouth or you'll be, you know, you're, you're gone. Nope. Sorry. I don't buy into that. I, I can't. I, don't, I fucking hate ultimatums. And, and you know that. Yeah. And, well. and I hate people that fucking treat people like that. You do. You shut your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Fuck you, buddy. Yeah, but you understand that there's a, a there's more people that are pushovers than there aren't. That people actually stand up and say, "Fuck you, you're not going to treat me that way." So imagine how many people were intimidated to keeping their mouth shut, and and you know that worked at places like where he kept taking advantage of children. You know, people that saw things. You didn't see that. No, you didn't. You say you saw that, but you didn't see that. Go back to work. Keep your fucking mouth shut. But it was also at a time where people didn't say anything, anyways. Because all this shit is just coming out now. This world is I mean, full of. I mean, look, look at look, look at all the people that we've talked about. Yeah, this world is just full of of sick and evil people, and I, you know, that's why I wanted to start doing this podcast. I'll keep bringing it up. Is that's why is these motherfuckers just keep getting away with it? Uh, not always, but you know, it it just like i said we need to keep talking about this shit just to keep it up keep it going cuz people people get lax again you know people start to get lax and you know and oh yeah things aren't that bad and you know it's not really that it's not, it doesn't happen that often it happens every fucking day all over the place we haven't even touched on the most or or or, or anywhere near the majority of this shit this is this is this jimmy savile's huge don't get me wrong but this i mean still there, imagine all the shit we haven't talked about yet, you know, and all the stuff that still hasn't come out of other things that will be in the future, you know. Just imagine. I, Michigan State University. Uh, uh, here it is. Uh, the Larry Nasser scandal has been so horrific and so horrible that new shock and outrage didn't seem possible. Then Kaylee Lorenz stepped to a podium at Michigan State Board of Trustees meeting on Friday and told a story that ought to lead to a sweeping removal of university leadership. When she was 13, Nasser, then the doctor of, uh, in the Michigan State College of Osteopathic Medicine, began sexually abusing her after she came to him as a patient. She said she and her mother were recently on a campus to sign up to speak at a Friday's board meeting when they ran into MSU interim president John Engler. Lorenz asked if she could meet with him because she had found many of his comments since assuming office in January hurtful. My hope was if he actually met a survivor, he'd be more empathetic. Engler agreed to the impromptu meeting, but rather than listen, Lorenz said she was told not much could be discussed until civil litigation against the school is complete. Uh, Lorenz is one of nearly 200 women suing the university. If this was MSU's opinion and on a legal basis it had merit, then Engler should never should have met with Lorenz in the first place. Such a meeting exposed Michigan State to considerable liability in a case they already have considerable liability. Instead, they did meet, and Angler had something to say. Mr. Angler then looked directly at me and asked, right now, if I write you a check for $250,000, would you take it? Yeah. There were gasps and shouts from the audience. Lawrence wasn't with her attorney at the time. In the meeting with Angler, she said, wasn't yeah. about settling a lawsuit. Angler, sitting directly in front of Lawrence, as she spoke at the board meeting on Friday, didn't dispute her allegation. Um, a check for $250,000 is a ridiculous offer. Victims in 
in the somewhat similar Jerry Sandusky scandal received an average of about three million. Who cares? Um, Larry Nasser. Like you can put a fucking number. You can actually put a number on someone's suffering. Yeah. Um, mostly it was stupid on Angler's part. Either don't meet with Lorenzen or make sure her lawyer is present before discussing lowball payoffs. Uh, this is abject failure by a CEO. Angler is the former three-term governor of Michigan, and the way he's conducted himself since taking the interim job in January is not to gently manage a highly sensitive and troubling scandal. Rather, he's used the opportunity to engage some kind of hardball political fight for old time's sake. He likes to pit sides against each other. He likes to stir things up. It's why he's never a fit job. He was never fit for the job and shouldn't hold it for an hour longer. When I explained that it's not about the money for me and I just wanted to help, he said, well, give me a number, Lawrence said. Give me a number. He also said that he met with Rachel Denhollander, the first of Nasser's victims to come forward, and that she gave him a number. Give me a number would be inappropriate, but more problematic is that when Lawrence and her mother contacted Den Hollander later, Den Hollander he denied ever meeting Angler, let alone engaging in settlement negotiations. Den Hollander, in a statement to reporter, <coughs> backed the story up calling Angler's assertion a bold-faced lie. Lawrence wasn't done. The president, then President Angler, started saying how sad it was that hundreds of good osteopathic doctors are being judged by one bad doctor. And my mom interrupted and said, well, what about former Dean William Strample? Wasn't he just arrested? Strample, who was Nasser's boss, was arrested on four counts, including an alleged sexual assault of his own. Yeah. Huh. Because you can't just get away with all this shit for that long right. unless there's someone else that's facilitating it or help. You know, well, yeah. Good word. Facilitate. This, yeah. Listen to yeah. this. President Engler rolled his eyes and tried to fluff it off and said, oh, that was no big deal. It was just a slap on the butt. This was now something out of a Hollywood movie. Could Engler really have said such a thing? Well, Engler sat there, however, and disputed nothing. Earlier in Lawrence's speech, he cut her off when she inaccurately called another person in the meeting Engler's lawyer. On this, however, he was silent. Angler did not make an, an immediate public comment or defense at any time and did not make himself available to the media afterwards. Uh, an NMSU spokeswoman who said she was at the Lawrence meeting told the, the Lansing State Journal the 250000 figure wasn't a f- direct settlement offer but part of a philosophical discussion. Why in the world would John Angler think Kaylee Lawrence was a good partner for a philosophical discussion about civil litigation? It was all par for the course with Angler, who has struck nearly every wrong chord since taking the job. Um, blah, 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 blah. Let's see. Um, as she, as Lawrence detailed the worst of Engler's alleged behavior, uh, she was quite incredibly told to stop talking by no less than John Engler. Kaylee, your time is up, Engler said. Your time is up. Time's up? It was said without irony or awareness. This is what John Engler wanted to say to Kaylee Lawrence, who is an injured 13-year-old um, to see a doctor for treatment wound up repeatedly raped. Time's up. That was his first thought. That's how he thought to help Michigan State. This is who MSU wants as its leader. Lawrence and her family have been front and center of the case. Um, she said, I'm, I'm not done yet. He said, you're out of time. Uh, President Angler, you want to talk about money? I wanted to talk to you about helping and healing. You tried to make us feel like we were the problem, and MSU was the victim because of the civil suits. This is how it works. When you protect and promote a sexual predator and foster a culture of lies and cover-ups, you are responsible. I have like four sentences left. Finish your four sentences. You are done. Um, If you could turn back the hands of time and take Larry Nassar's fingers... We wouldn't be here today. So the fact is, you can't. You are the ones who care about the money, and I just want my life back. Now I am done. In January, Luana 
Kay Simmon was forced into re- re- resignation because she was incapable of handling the Nassar fallout. Somehow, someway, John Angler has proven even worse at the job. And I know that we did a whole nother fucking compelled, but I wanted to bring that up because... Again, it's he's he's doing the same shit as everybody else does, when which you, is yeah, oh, that's a slap on the when, butt. Yeah, when you're able to do it on this scale, you you ha- there's no way you can do it alone. You you've got help. Yeah, you protect, protect, protect. Yeah. Um, could you show me a close up of the uh, the tablet or the uh, headstone? Why? I just want to see what some of it said. Um, Jimmy Savile's um, headstone was only up for 19 days after he died or after he was buried. And then it was taken down because, out of respect for the, you know, to public opinion and, and others buried in the cemetery, uh, according to his family, that's why they had it removed and sent to a landfill. I doubt they sent it to a landfill. I don't know what it says. Probably cannot be enlarged enough to be able to read the small print. But yeah, it doesn't matter. No. Yeah. Uh, truth be told, whatever is on there can kiss my ass. It was good while it lasted. That was in quotes on at the bottom of that stone. Yep. It was good while it lasted. Yep. Which I'm pretty sure that was a quote of his, but, I, you know, it. God damn. I See, isn't this one of those times when you wish you could believe in the afterlife and that someone like that would be suffering big time, like just an eternity of, of suffering, you know, after what he's done to people? Wouldn't it be nice? Yep. I kind of take comfort in that. I, I, I can take a personal comfort in thinking that, that there's something and that people like that... They get it in another existence. I, I'd like to believe it, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll choose to believe that. There, so, there, dude, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's why we're doing this, man. Just to, you know, there's. I mean, so there's a chronological order of BBC controversies, institutional abuse, North Wales child abuse scandal, uh, Elm Guest House child abuse scandal. I mean, Bill Cosby. Uh, Canadian radio host John Go- Jean, Jean Gomeshi yeah, was arrested Jean. and charged with four counts of sexual assault, one count of overcoming resistance by choking in relation to three complaints. complaints. Give me a fucking break, man. I mean, this is... Oh, look, there's a cr- crime portal. Hmm. What's that? The human sexuality portal. The one downside to all of this stuff coming out now, you know, where, where people are more... Um, brave, you know, they, they become more more empowered to start reporting all this stuff now more because of the Me Too movement and everything. Um, the downside that I see is that it, it, because there's this huge influx now, there's a lot of people. I mean, if you read comment feeds on these articles, there's a lot of people that say, oh, this is all just more fucking trendy witch hunt stuff, right? Right. And, and that's not true for most of these cases, but it looks that way because it's almost being all brought out like it's a fucking trend. And that's what the, what I'm worried about, you know, more about anything is that, you know, oh, yeah, all this stuff is going to start getting overlooked again because people are, are you're not going to believe it, you know? And then these these pieces of shit that do this to people are going to keep getting away with it because people want to keep looking the other way. They don't want to face this. They don't want to accept the fact that all these people that they look up to and ex- respect and admire are capable of this shit. Yep. Well, guess what, man? If one of your fucking family members is capable of doing this way more often than a celebrity is, then, yeah, maybe you should be also looking towards home and making sure your shit's good there. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't want to deal with that. Yeah, I, I know, I know. It's, it's falling on deaf ears kind of thing. <laughs> so, anyway, 
Um, this was a long one, but you know what? I mean, it, it's it's Jimmy Savile, man. I, I I don't think there's a short way you can do it. I mean, the, I think the short way would be, oh, he did this to so and so many kids, and hey, you're a piece of shit. And okay, let's move on. It, there's way too much. You know what I mean? There's way way too much. Yeah. He so he's like the Bizarro fucking Patch Adams dude. That that that's scarier than shit. So yeah, there's a he's he's there's a place in hell for that guy. So um for compelled um damn just. Be safe out there and uh, tell the truth. <laughs> and God, I, I, I just, damn. Fuck that guy. Yeah. I'm just pickle. Nice Sutherland. Bye.